Hello, everyone. I'm Estelle, and welcome to our Word for Work podcast, a place where we explore the intersection of personal development and faith through audio storytelling. Today, we are already on our seventh episode in the running, and I will be speaking with Dr. Paul Wong, a Malaysian at heart who not only serves as a medical officer in Hospital Salayang. More so, together with a few enthusiastic young doctors, co-founded the Fellowship of Medical Evangelicals (FME) with a passion to encourage, unite, and equip healthcare practitioners to power through their medical career by rooting in Christ and His Word. Without further ado, let's get into his story. Hi, Paul. Thanks for being here with us in our podcast. How are you doing? Hello, Estelle, and hi, Andrew, as well. Really uh, glad to be here. Yep, uh, <laughs> doing fine today uh, because not working today, so I have a bit of rest. So that's really good. Cool, and hopefully it's been a relaxing Saturday so far. And yep. uh, for the benefit of of our listeners, perhaps you could share a little bit more about yourself. And like, why did you pursue the medical field? Okay. Uh, hi everyone. Really glad to uh, be on this podcast. Uh, by word forward. So my name is Paul. I work as a medical officer, a doctor in Hospital Slayang, and uh, I'm currently in palliative care rotation, and I'm also involving with COVID nineteen uh ward work. So uh, the question is why why do I pursue the medical field? Um. I think that question is a bit a long story, but basically a short short story is uh, growing up. I I actually always wanted to be a doctor, probably more of a t- typical Asian kid, uh, and influenced from my parents as well. And uh, as Asian, uh, being a doctor is actually all about job security, fame, is about uh, family honor, and also so on. So I, I would say that my initial motivation was actually like that as well. And it, it actually changed very drastically after I truly became a Christian in, in university. So now the motivations are different. I studied uh, my medical degree in IMU. Uh, it's, uh, it's called International Medical University. It's a local university in Malaysia. And um, usually the medical school program is about five years. And uh, same for mine as well. So after five years of medical school, then uh, in Malaysia we go through two years of probation. Uh, as a, uh, in in uh, overseas sometimes it's called intern. In Malaysia it's called housemanship, uh, aka slave. <laughs> uh, so and uh, after two years of housemanship, you kind of you become a medical officer. And uh, after that, some people will pursue specialization. So for me now, I'm 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 at the stage where I'm still a medical officer. Uh-huh, okay, thanks for for sharing that, Paul. I think it's also good uh, and also benefit for for our listeners that are not they are not in the medical field, right? At least they know mm. that how is the journey of a, from a medical student to to housemanship or intern in the case of um, overseas, and then you become a a medical officer, still mm. serving for the government, and of course having options. 
to to specialize and so on. So we briefly talked before, and I also read about your background apart from your day job, let's say as uh, serving as a medical officer mm. in the hospital of Salayang, uh, together with some of your peers. So also very uh, young and enthusiastic Christian doctors. You started also the Fellowship of Medical Evangelicals (FME). Mm, yep. Uh, perhaps you could share a little bit uh, with us uh, the backstory, how this started. All right, cool. Just tell us more about it. Mm. So, so yeah, actually, on behalf of FME for uh, Fellowship of Medical Evangelicals, we are uh, like um, really glad to be uh, working together with uh, Word Forward for this podcast. So, actually, um, uh, what well, uh, short form FME Fellowship of Medical Evangelicals? Uh, so, actually, is a Malaysian Christian parish church organization, uh, mainly for the healthcare workers. And it, it was started by four doctors, uh, including me. And actually earlier this year, uh, actually during the pandemic. Okay. So um, over time, we actually have more people joining our team. So our goal in FME is actually to encourage and to equip Christian healthcare workers and students to be firmly rooted in Christ and in His Word. And to encourage Christian healthcare workers to live out a life of following Christ at their workplace. So that is our main uh, mission. Uh, and our participants are mainly doctors, dentists, pharmacists, uh, physiotherapists, nurses, and even students. Yeah. And every month we have monthly talks on topics like Christian calling, uh, identity, uh, Christian service in healthcare, and so on. And our upcoming talk in August is actually titled, I'm a doctor and I believe in the resurrection. It will be talking about the resurrection and also in the term coming from a perspective of the doctor. Lah. Yeah. So if any of you are uh, interested to join, that's happening in August. Yeah. Very cool. And, and thanks for sharing that, Paul. Actually, when I read about uh, the, the FME and how it started, and also, um, like you mentioned, started during the pandemic was really inspiring to see now more and more uh, young Christians in different career paths trying to be more vocal about our, our faith journey. I was just wondering also, what really sparked this idea? So was it because of some uh, coffee chats that you have over? Is it on the particular challenges that you see healthcare practitioners are facing what inspired you and your peers to start this fme in the first place oh okay mm. uh actually the idea was actually we had it a few years ago so um actually most of us are from the uh, same medical school but when we were students we had the idea and uh it just never really realized so initially it was the idea to just uh you know be a fellowship of uh for doctors or pharmacists, uh, Christians, so we can encourage one another uh, to, to talk about issues like pertaining to our field, like uh, euthanasia, like abortion, and so on. So what happened was this year, I think maybe because of the pandemic, and we just uh, also, and also because it's online, it's easier to start off. And we also felt that we, we should do something after a long, long time. And that, and especially most of us, I mean, I mean the, the, the founders, we have gone through experience working life as a doctor, as housemans, and now as medical officers. And we just, we just want to actually 
be able to help our peers and even our juniors who are still housemen or medical students to really be strengthened during this uh, their, their journey as a healthcare worker or as doctors. So because we, we ourselves find that being a doctor is actually uh, very challenging because uh, a lot of a lot of times we find that we don't have time to, you know, attend church. At all time we don't have time to uh, even read the Bible. At all time you, you you might be just too tired to do anything else. And also we find that uh, some of our peers who are initially Christians, uh, once they started to join uh, workforce, they, they they drift away and they lost their faith and so on. So, so the idea is really to really encourage Christians to stay faithful by by feeding them with the Word of God. And encouraging one another uh, in the Bible, and also to live it out together in the workplace. So, so, so that's why we, we, we decided to study. It. Yeah, I think it's it's really cool that you share that because um, also being, being in the healthcare industry yourself, you could relate to the challenges that um, they faced uh, or, or your target audience faced, and then have also a forum in FME to openly discuss about that, inspiring, perhaps even find solutions together, but of course, uh, at the core of it, rooted to to the Bible Hmm. and its teachings. I mean, we speak quite some time on the pandemic and we are Hmm. still in it, unfortunately. Hmm. I was just wondering if, from your perspective, do you see that the roles and responsibilities of doctors has changed in this pandemic? Um, also with COVID-19 taking the, the world by storm, right? So do you see any changes in, in terms of what you've learned during med schools up till now? Has there been any challenges or opportunities that you and your peers are, are experiencing? Oh, okay. Yeah, I think for doctors or uh, and other healthcare profession in the hospital, I think, actually, I think I speak in terms of for doctors, it's actually essentially still the same whether in pandemic or not in pandemic. So doctor's responsibility, we, we, are, we are there to treat patients. Uh, we are there to give comfort to our patients. So that's, that's, that's the same. And the world always actually have pandemic here and there. Okay, so probably you have read about, uh, about every century there will be one. So, and... Uh, so in that sense, our nature didn't really change. Uh, but just that in the 21st century, nobody would thought that with modern medicine, there, there can still be such a pandemic that so severely impact our daily lives. So uh, yeah, it actually just reveals that as a human race, despite many human achievement, many advances in medicine, right? We have uh, so much advances in the last hundred of years in terms of medical science. Uh, but we are actually still so fragile when it comes to diseases and death. And I mean, th- like, to think about it, like human beings, we can actually go to the moon already, right? On a rocket. But yet we can be so easily killed by this like tiny little virus called COVID. So, um, and during the pandemic, the challenge is as a doctor, healthcare worker, initially in 2020, early 2020s, when, when it just start to hit us in Malaysia and uh, I think almost the same around the world all of us actually we do not really know what to do because it, there, we didn't really understand much about this virus 
and all all that we we were doing was to wear full protective uh equipments called PPE personal protective equipment and, and that was the first time uh at least for me and actually for a lot of others as well the, that we have to wear so such a complete PPE and it was so hard to it was hard to so hard to adjust to that working uh uh way like that method and we have to do a lot of things in the full PPE or doing procedures and everything became quite difficult um and you can imagine just that inside that you're just very like like it's hot and you know your your eyesight is like there's like mist going out to the shield while you are you know doing some procedures it's quite scary but over time actually we learn to adapt to this so it's no longer a very big problem for us at least for me and that's because after one year plus of pandemic um but still i think it's affecting us very very badly uh, right now in malaysia because of the uh, different strains especially delta strain that is causing the uh, even wider spread and more severe COVID. and um one thing i really see right in, in this pandemic is i have seen so many people so many patients die um directly due to COVID, or sometimes due to complication because of COVID. And uh, the third one is actually even non-COVID related deaths, uh, as most of our resources are being directed to COVID treatment. So even non-COVID deaths are rising because they do not get enough attention. In general, uh, it's still COVID-19 after one year plus, it's still we are still as healthcare workers, frontliners, we're still quite helpless. I mean, at least mm. we feel helpless in the face of this pandemic. Yeah. I mean, we uh, could definitely resonate to that. I mean, also, even though not being in, in the frontline, and again, thank you so much for, for serving together with your peers uh, in, in front. And then also, it's definitely not easy to always have all the full uh, PPE suit and and serving right because then you need to also take a couple of steps before for daily routine and, and so on and the risk that you're being exposed is um, it's just we're, we're so thankful to to have all of you serving the public uh, today and unfortunately it's still there like you said and i was just trying to also relate it back to your uh, current role that you mentioned that you are serving in the palliative care department. Mm, yes. So the notion of, let's say, death in the context of that department might also be something would be interesting for us to, to learn mm. on how, what are some of your perspective or learnings um, when you interact or deal with these patients that are already in, in critical illness just to to also see if we have any learnings for our listeners today right. in that regards. Yeah, okay. So maybe some of you might not be familiar with uh, the term palliative care. So, so I, I'm in this rotation where uh, in uh, this palliative care uh, department is actually a specialty where we usually uh, we treat patients who are incurable or they are at the last stage of their disease, uh, like, for example, stage four cancer. And um, 
and in this pandemic, uh, unfortunately, a lot of it, a lot of patients we see in palliative care are a very severe COVID patients who are actually terminally ill and dying. And um, in palliative care, our job is actually to one of our main job is to relieve their suffering or their pain or their shortness of breath or their other symptoms like vomiting, nausea, uh, by using certain medication. Yep. So in that way, we help them to feel better, but that does not stop them from dying. And uh, eventually the reality is they will still die. So that, 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 that's where palliative care is, uh, is involved in. And also we involve, we were involved in a lot of, uh, calling patients, family, updating about the family, about the patient's condition, and also even helping the family to cope with patients' death. And, yep. uh, sometimes a lot of video calls as well for COVID patients to see their family for the last time. Yeah. Mm. Unfortunately. I mean, uh, yeah. Mm. Yep. I mean, it's, it's uh, hearing how you describe that and uh, I guess it's really, really not an easy position to, to be in your shoes. Yeah. I mean, it seems very doom and gloom, right? That, um, let's say, life would come to an end and even for some patients, they have to, to go through a certain degree of suffering before reaching that end. Yeah. But perhaps from your experience, do you... Because one of the aspects that you said as a palliative care doctor, your duty is also to relieve them or at least to minimize the pain that they have. Mm -hmm. And do you have any moments when you deal with these patients? How do they look at life when they're at this stage? I'm mm -hmm. just very curious if there's a change of perspective yeah. or, or yeah. what do they see or what do they feel at, at this point of life? Yeah, I'd like to share and with with that with the the audience as well on uh about this topic on death la, and uh especially in regards to uh the word of God in the face of uh seeing a lot of death in the face of very uh seeing a lot of suffering, but I myself is being reminded and being encouraged by the word of God. So, uh, and this is actually my struggle every day at work. And also, I think not just me and my colleagues as well. Every, every day at work, we see people die. And we see them, you know, I, I, I mean, I, at least I see them perish. And I truly wonder, um, actually, is that all to life? If you know that you will die one day, uh, will you still be doing the things that you're doing now? Uh, and do you want to hear comforting words? They are actually lies. They are not true or do you do you actually want to hear the truth that really will change your life so as i was reflecting on that um life and death in these two months that i see in the covid wards and uh and i find my, myself um that what jesus says in this text in the bible really helps me to put life into perspective which i really want to share today uh, with uh, you all and um, actually this text is from uh, luke chapter 12 verse 13 to 21 uh, and this is actually a parable recorded uh, by jesus and 
I think this is very important in, in the face of the pandemic today, uh, which I think all of us uh, should listen carefully. So maybe I'll just read out this uh, passage in Luke 12 for everyone. So it's from Luke 12, verse 13 to 21. Okay, uh, verse 13 says that someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, my brother, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grains and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid out for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays out treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Now, I think most people in this world, uh, including me as well, last time, think that if uh, we own things like wealth, financial freedom, properties or happiness or relationship, and if you have these things, then you, have, you are living a good life. Okay, And if you are spending your whole life gathering, storing out wealth so that you can live a better life, retire early, having financial freedom, or maybe just travel the world, enjoy life your own way. I think Jesus really wants us to hear this. You've got to listen to what he says. And in this Bible text, Jesus describes a, a rich man, a rich man with a fruitful land that produces a lot of crops. And agriculture was one of the main economies in Jesus' days on earth. And this man, uh, he's got so much of crops that he starts to think about where he should store them. And actually, he came. He actually finally came out with what sounds like a pretty good idea. Uh, basically, he says, "Oh, I know. I, I will tear down my barns, which is his storehouses for the crops, and he built to build a larger one. And there, he will store all his grain and his goods. So, in modern times, it's actually equivalent to having your money stored up in banks, maybe, and to be invested in stock markets, to be invested in properties, and etc." Okay, so uh, this actually seems like a completely logical, completely logical, completely wise thing to do in his circumstances. So I think if I were him, I would probably do the same, think the same, do the same, um, just like him. And, and and then this man, okay, I mean, let's just call him Steve, okay? So Steve tells himself, good job, Steve, right? So now you have abundance of goods laid up for yourself, that will last for many, many years. So now, Steve, just eat, drink, and be merry, right? So what a life. And a lot of us would really actually want to live a life just like Steve. And where you don't have to worry about anything anymore. I mean, you don't. You have enough of money, possession, that will last until you die. 
now literally you don't have to work anymore you don't have to be worried about having not enough of money not enough of uh, security you can actually basically just chill relax maybe travel the world eat drink be happy what a life yeah but the story about this man took a very sudden turning according to jesus when god suddens you know god suddenly appears and right and he comes into the picture and tells this man steve you fool you fool to die your soul will be required of you which is which is saying tonight you will die and all the things that you have prepared for yourself whose will they be so my yeah my friends and i was reflecting on myself so are you also like this man where you live your whole life pursuing your own desires and wants and trying to gain and store up as much as you can in your bank accounts in your properties or maybe to get your dream house dream car or a good relationship to make sure you live a better life to make sure you'll be happy by your own terms so what if today you get COVID? Or what if today God says to you, tonight you will die? And in this pandemic, what we're seeing actually is a lot of in a lot of our hospitals in Malaysia, um, not just older people, but even younger people like people in their thirties, forties. Uh, even actually even 20s they, they can get severe covid they struggle to survive and in fact in the recent weeks we have seen uh, quite a, quite a lot of them uh, didn't manage to make it the people in 30s 40s 50s they have many of them that died yeah due to lack of resources lack of icu beds lack of ventilators lack of hospital hospital beds they are just stuck in the emergency department for many days it's actually literally a war zone now in the hospitals as really i think mean, i can say for in slango at least where i'm at in the covid wars and in the emergency departments and actually i think uh many of you actually would have known someone either your, your family relatives distant relatives or your friends friends of friends who have actually get covid and even died from covid and don't you wonder whether what what this is really about or do you just presume that you always be healthy and death is actually far far away from you and the question is what if tonight your life is taken away from you and actually jesus confronts us to take a hard look at our own lives and come to realize how foolish we are if we are living our whole lives for ourselves and in the end just die like die like that right despite storing out so much for ourselves in this world and that's the that's the reality in the end every human being will die and face death and judgment and we all need to give an account of our lives to god at the end when we face god's judgment and the bible says no human being will be saved from god's judgment if we rely on ourselves to try to save our own lives 
up to ourselves when we die we will be facing god's judgment and as punishment for our sins will be uh, sent to hell for our sin and in bible god says sin is rebelling against god and because the god of this world who created the whole universe he's a holy god he punishes sinners for our rebellion against him however the good news is in god's great mercy he has sent his son jesus to die for sinners like us and resurrect from the dead so that all who trust and obey jesus are now forgiven by god and saved from god's judgment and be given eternal life and that's really my comfort daily at work and those who trust in jesus as their lord and savior will now no longer live for themselves they will no longer store out goods for themselves in their banks or in their properties uh, they long, no longer live to pursue their own desires and now because they live to do god's will for their lives in that way they store out treasure in heaven and they are rich toward god and they are no longer rich to this world and jesus says where your treasure is there will your heart be also if your treasure is in heaven your heart will be in heaven and you will live for god's kingdom and for god's purpose um but this world will think that christians are fools because they are not storing up treasures for themselves like everyone else but in truth according to god's perspective those who continue to live a life that is storing up treasures for themselves in this world when they die and many times it could be unexpectedly uh, by covid by cancer by car accident they will find out at the end of their lives that they are fools who have totally just wasted their whole lives now i think sharing this i think friends um in this pandemic if you realize that life is so fragile and you can really die anytime uh and if you realize your mortality i plead with you actually to consider to consider your life whether will you be a fool or will you now turn away from your old way of life of storing up treasure for yourself and come to jesus to have real life in trusting jesus and have treasure in heaven so that that's actually my comfort daily at work where i i see the gospel giving hope to to people who are initially fools so and and what what is actually um what what is actually uh what we're seeing uh, let's say in my workplace death and all so uh is and sometimes i really get a chance to talk to friends who are non-christians about this about death and about eternal life about god and it's really a good time to actually it's really a good opportunity to to for me in the workplace as well to actually talk to colleagues who uh, who don't know god to actually tell them about death and tell them about the patients that are seeing dying and eternal eternity 
and uh, their eternal destiny. So, so it's really a good time for me to do that. And as I do that, I think I realize I, I'm actually, uh, I think in, in some ways, God is opening up opportunities in the pandemic as well for all of us, actually, not just like, not just for doctors, I think for even for everyone else, if uh, whatever situation, whatever job you're doing, it's actually a good opportunity to talk about the gospel, which really gives hope to this world that is dying. Yeah, so so I, I hope that uh, it will encourage you to, I mean, the gospel itself will encourage you to to live as a Christian in this in this pandemic and to share this hope with those who don't know Jesus. Amen. Thanks, Paul, for sharing. I think that was a very powerful message and also um, relating it to, to the parable of the, the rich fool from, from Luke in the Bible. So, I mean, just listening to, to your sharing, I already had uh, two key takeaways that I could even conclude uh, mm. from it. I think on one hand side, uh, life is... At the, especially at the brink of death, as, as you also seen uh, being a, a doctor, a life is temporary, right? So we should really make it count yeah. uh, eternally. We shouldn't be obsessed yeah. with uh, gathering all the worldly standards or earthly possessions that yeah. has also no benefit in the afterlife, right? Yeah. And, exactly. and also for those that are, I mean, we do know people that are also blessed, whether in terms of wealth or in terms of knowledge or, or so, and also learning from your your sharing and, and the story from the Bible, we should not just, if we have that blessing from God, um, we shouldn't just spend it excessively or store it for ourselves, but we mm. should then use this blessing to to bless others, to share that joy with others, and then to experience the the, the joy from, from sharing. Mm. So it should not stop with us, and it should flow through us. I think that's a very important message. The second takeaway that, that I personally got was um, also that knowing that there is an end to our life on earth, uh, also from a historical point of view, actually reminds us that there is a time limit, right? So we should make it count. Mm, um, yeah. And it also serves as, as a motivation that we should... Um, let's say, purge some, some bad practices or obsolete systems that we see to, to really advance uh, further as a as, uh, human race, but also to in, in our journey of sharing the gospel. So I think that time limit that has been imposed on us, like you said, is also mm. an opportunity to motivate us to, to do more. And I think that uh, is also uh, something that is really powerful for us to reflect upon. So again, right. thanks yeah. for, for sharing that okay. with us. And uh, I guess we're also approaching to the end of our session today. Right. I was wondering from your perspective, uh, do you have any words of advice that you would like to share, especially with young uh, medical students or even doctors that are starting out, also starting out in this unusual okay. time of the pandemic? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so although I'm not that old to share uh, a lot of wisdom, <laughs> okay, but uh, maybe, yeah, so, so, but I think um, just maybe as a, uh, maybe slightly senior a bit compared to the, to the young housemans or, or maybe even to my peers who are medical officers, uh, I, I think the, the advice would be 
actually uh, seeing uh, uh, many peers, uh, many doctors today, actually as they work, they try to climb on a ladder. And actually, we are actually the same. We are exploring out treasures for ourselves in this world. And, and even the doctor's danger is actually, is that actually sometimes we get so numb to death that death no longer uh, in, uh, in, it, it no longer causes you to think deeper thoughts. It, it's like it's just you're just numb to it and just like it's just another death. And uh, it's just another patient dying. And uh, you never really link, link that to yourself. You never really link that to your mortality that one day I can die. I don't think about it. I just see other people dying. This I'm still alive. Or we, we can just easily brush away the big question about eternity. And, and many of us actually get carried away by uh, work uh, because we are also quite busy. And also some and uh, also a lot of us are raising get carried away get carried away by uh, the the race uh, to become a specialist. Uh, and after you become a specialist, you become a sub specialist. After you become a consultant, so it's never ending. Like just keep climbing up. All right. So um, in the process of that, but ultimately losing our soul to this world, just like the world, and. So, so I think my advice to all of us, and even to myself, right, as a mind reminder, is actually don't be foolish to try to store up treasures for yourself in this world. Uh, as like as we as you see more death at your work, reflect on it, and don't be hardened, don't be calcified by it, uh, and but rather to be awakened to the very palpable reality of death and judgment, and uh, to realize that the only hope is found in Jesus, and. Actually, what is really important, most important in this life is to have Jesus as the Lord of your life, to have Him as the greatest treasure, and to follow Him as Lord, and to have treasure in heaven. So, yeah, so I, I think uh, a, a practical advice for Christian doctors is actually I would encourage you to be uh, part of a good, faithful church, uh, which will feed you the Word of God. Uh, as uh, not just for doctors, like, I think just all the healthcare workers, right, in the hospital, the clinics, it's important that you continue to grow in the Word of God as a Christian so that you won't lose your soul to this world. Yeah, so, 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 so that's really important for you to be part of a church, to be accountable, to be part of a fellowship, to, so that uh, you can be encouraged by uh, other Christians. I think that's really important. And uh, maybe I'll just take this opportunity to also invite like you, if you are a healthcare worker, you know, a student, right, to FME, right, for <laughs> fellowship event of medical evangelicals of our monthly talks on the Zoom, uh, to so that you can uh, join us to be encouraged, to be encouraging one another through the word of God, and to pursue a life of following Jesus and applying it at our workplace. So whether you are, uh, as long as you know. You are doctor, pharmacy, dentist, physio, nurses, students, or even if you are, uh, you know, not related to this, you want to join us. Yeah, we're really happy to have you. Yeah, just a short mm-hmm. promo. <laughs> yeah, yep, more than welcome to do so. Thanks, Paul, for for sharing that. And again, thank you for being with us here in today's episode and also sharing your your story. Um, how you also started as a. Uh, a doctor and how you journeyed through and, and your, also your perspective um, also being in, in now the palliative care and also serving in, in the midst of a pandemic so thank you so much for sharing the raw insights with us we know that times are, are tough but then uh, I think 
the, the Bible has a lot of um, words of comfort if we really look into it because it really gives us hope of what is really installed for us or waiting for us in, in the afterlife. And uh, also to wrap that up, for those that are tuning in, we hope that you are blessed with today's sharing from, from Paul. And uh, like he shared, if you know a friend who is a healthcare worker, a medical student, or, or just someone who needs to hear this, share this uh, story with them, and also um, reach out to Paul or FME directly for their future events. And with that, thank you once again, and we'll see you in the next episode. See you. Bye. Thank you. everyone, thank you for tuning in to this week's release of Word for Work. Do follow us on our socials and subscribe for more content. And we'll see you in our next episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.